0: Coming to you from the Comancheria, friends, today let's talk about hand scalping. kind of heard that right, hand scalping. It's kind of a digression on combat hair-pulling, alright? Now there's a surprisingly long history of hair-pulling in combat history, both the sportive it on the battlefield. Uh, today we're going to confine ourselves to sportive instances of what we now perceive to be kind of unsportsmanlike behavior, right? Now, combat hair-pulling, or I could butcher some Latin for you, which, uh, let's not let's save myself the embarrassment here, uh, much better with the Comanche, which uh, is Zetsonia Narato, which is literally, it means hair fight, and this was permitted in more than a few organized endeavors in days of old, and in some cases, it was out and out and encouraged. Okay, now, before we continue, and if there's anyone who doubts the efficacy of hair-pulling in sport of combat, let's stretch our memories back to UFC 3, back whenever it was still called Ultimate Fighting Championship. And uh, UFC three, we got the iconic matchup between, to that point, the mighty, mighty dominant Hoist Gracie, and uh, versus ponytail behemoth that was Kimo Leopold. Now Hoist uh, gamely takes the W in that match, but now if anyone thinks that he would have, uh, that would have been the outcome had he not had that handy ponytail uh, to yank on, uh, I suggest you take a second look and have a reevaluation of those opportunistic handles there. Okay, that came in mighty, mighty, well, handy. Okay, now it seems the early Greeks prohibited hair-pulling from pancration, except when it was permitted. I mean, that is just just as early rules in boxing and wrestling... Uh, went through negotiations for ad hoc rules. I mean, same. this is in, but this isn't in, you know, back and forth, because these, these rules can kind of change up between matches in the early days. Pancration seemed to subject uh, to the same sort of rule bending and compromises. We're told by uh, uh, the old historian Pausanias that the rules drifted a bit between regions, and Lucian refers to Pancration as being called lions by the fans, not because of their leonine fighting nature, the bravery, but because of the propensity to bite, which was also prohibited, but apparently showed up a lot. There are various mentions of hair-pulling and combative accounts throughout history, but it's not until the, what, the 16th to the 17th century that we begin to see more and more mentions made of it. Now, whether this is because the practice increased or simply because cheap printing and rising literacy rates made available more accounts of combat clashes, we can't say for sure. My guess is that it's the latter. I'd mean, say there's more scribblers to document a practice that was already in full-blown. Now, many English boxers in the 1700s sported shaved heads, not for fashion's sake, but to remove that follicle handle. I mean, Jack Broughton, the father of the English school of boxing, drew up a set of rules in 1743. No handles below the waist were permitted, but no specific mention is made of hair pulling, and we continue to see shaved pates so we can surmise that it was still a tactic in play. Uh, We know for a fact that it continued as a kosher gambit for as late as uh, 1795. Gentleman Jackson used a bit of hair control to gain the English championship from the formidable Daniel Mendoza. So, we're still seeing it there. Okay, let's cross the pond back here to the USA and... uh Young United States. Fighting was both uh, sportive and unsportive. Uh, It was kind of the coin of the realm, how things worked here. Literally, the rough and tumble. What is astonishing is just how vicious even the sportive aspects were. Organized matches of rough and tumble play or all-in fighting held few rules. Hence the name All In. Now, No Holds Barred refers to just that in the uh, wrestling aspect. If you can grab it, you can have it. Now, All In means anything goes in all respects. We are taking in an error when sporting a single eye because you lost the other eye to an eye scoop was a badge of honor. A time when suffering from so-called lumberjacks smallpox, that is, bearing facial scars from being stomped by corked boots, uh, marked you as a man. Okay, so this is the milieu we're wandering and this is the environment we're looking at. Now, references to hair pulling are frequent, vicious and never an eye is batted as if the tactic were unsportsmanlike. When you read these accounts, it's not like they're acting like this was the extraordinary, uh, extraordinary thing that's occurring right here. They're just going, yeah, just it's it's a blow-by-blow account of the of the fight, and they're acting like, man, this is business as usual. Now, perhaps in an era where scalp-taking was practiced by American Indians the European interlopers alike, mere hair-pulling seemed like a walk in the park. Now, we've discussed and demonstrated rough-and-tumble-informed hair-pulling tactics in our book No Second Chance in our three-volume Street Defense uh, a series, but to give a brief overview as to hair-pulling mechanics... Uh, uh let's just hit those a few bullet points for you. Now Hair pulling can be used as a handle, but it is better used as a guide. And Now by guide, I mean using the hair to twist, slash, manipulate the head into better striking position, or force the opponent's head, slash neck into unnatural alignment to shut down their offense. Now, hair grows in a grain, uh, with meaning the hair from our crown forward grows towards our forehead, and the hair from the crown uh, uh, downwards grows towards the uh, the nape of the neck. Now, pulling slash guiding the hair against the grain fires more pain receptors, permitting better control. It's also got easier rippage and tearage there, and working against the grain. Uh is where we kind of get the the, uh, the true term of the hand scalping. So if you rip against the grain, uh, now we actually go into a really detailed way to do this in, uh, in our Black Box and Raw series because it's just not this simple pulling and guiding, there's specific tactics to actually getting a better purchase and the specific twisting that's done to make the so-called scalping occur. Now, as we know, human combat has a long, long history, and there is lots of hair-pulling mentioned in there, but nowhere but in rough and tumble will you find such an unsportsmanlike tactic embraced with such gusto, and such educated gusto at that.